Boston. If you guys will have me back, I plan on re-signing here next year. Ask me July 1st. Which actually translates to... Leaving us with the reality of... Boston Celtics. How is this a thing? How is this real? Gary Terry and Jalen Brown, two of the best guys in the league. Welcome to the Future of the Celtics podcast presented by Screens and Rhymes. My name is Jordan Martins, your host. Later we'll be joined by Christian Williams. We recorded most of this pod during the NBA draft on Thursday, June 20th. We went until about midnight EST, hence my hoarse voice. If you're engaging with the Celtics content for the first time, I encourage you to find us our old stuff on screensandrhymes.com. You can follow me on social media at Jordan underscore Martins on all platforms, at C Willikers for Christian Williams at screens rhymes on twitter and thank you for listening we appreciate any likes repost retweets let's get into the heart of our conversation shout out to all of celtics nation all right so i got the homie christian williams on the line i'm excited to have you on it's our first time doing it as a podcast what's up man yo yo what's going on all the way from Uh, outside Oh, man. So, uh, hold on. We're not going to wait until uh, Bull Bull gets drafted. We're not going to wait until we get our number 51 pick. We're not, we're not waiting for <laughs> the change maker we're going to get at number 51. We're, we're going to record this while the draft is still live. I think, so. hey, I mean, if we wait, by the time Bull Bull gets drafted and career is already over, like, this dude is, <laughs> he's a bust. He's 7-2 with foot problems already. Like, that just spells disaster. There was already questions about his work ethic. I don't know how many games he actually this year because of the injury, but like, I don't know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not seeing Bull Bull doing anything. And clearly, GMs across the league aren't seeing him doing anything like that either, so, um, no. <laughs> We're gonna move ahead without waiting for- So we're not gonna wait for the Bull Bull shoe to drop. Shout out to my homie Brad Ogbana, Nigerian photographer who's there and took a photo with Spike Lee and Bobo is dripping, you know, he has the spider web, uh, but him and Nazir Little, they both look so sad, it, I mean, I'm glad Nazir went at number 25, but I'm super disappointed that, in a way that we use our picks, and we can talk about that later, but before we get too deep into it, let's just go back and backtrack for people who might be hearing us for the first time, we've been doing these Celtics posts for quite some time, since the 2014-2015 season. I've been writing about the Celtics on my website, screensandrhymes.com, since 2013. Actually, my first post about the Seas was about when Rondo tore his ACL, and it really, you know, made the Nets trade a thing, because that was the end of the, the Big Three era. Uh, but you, you've been covering sports in general for a long time, so let's just talk about uh, your background. We both met at Northeastern University. We're both in the journalism program, but tell people about your background. Yeah, yeah, so a little about my background. Covering sports, I did like sports journalism concentration while I was at uh, NU. Right after that, started covering a lot of high school basketball um, and high school sports in general for this paper. Uh, shout out to the Patriot Ledger, giving my first journalism gig, and um, did a lot of messages, uh, high school basketball coverage. I went down to Connecticut, worked at the New Haven Register in their sports department. Came back up to the Boston area, worked on north of Boston media. Then uh, I took my talents out west, um, was working for the L.A. Times for a little bit, did the PA work for the Around the Horn show, um, as well. Shout out to Bill Plasky. 
Shout out to Bill Plassey. He was actually the one who kind of got me sports working as his PA. So shout out to you, Bill. You're a real one. Um, and then ended up um, doing what everybody does in L.A. and just moved on to movies. So that's kind of where I'm at now. We still have love for our Celtics. I was just laughing um, going back to – I was going to use my OG recorder, and I interviewed Delonte West, and I believe – wasn't Lynn. Where did I go? I took the bus to go somewhere, but I definitely did an interview for Complex. Uh, with Delonte West at a T-Mobile store on this red Sony recorder that I'm not using today, but I thought about using. So, DBT, um, we've, we've come a long way, bro. Yes, yes, we have. <laughs> our, our, our team, though, I don't know, man. Our team might be going back to, what did you say? You said 07, but I'm saying, like, 2004, 2005, bro. Like, we, I don't know if we're going to get Yuri Welsh from the EuroLeague, man. He might, he might come over, bro, the way we're looking. Yeah, well... <laughs> And I agree with you with the, uh, the, cause that was like the first, that was the, uh, that was around when Danny took over, I believe. Um, yeah, that was the first the, doc year. Yeah, that's right. And then that was the first iteration. However, we have some actual thoroughbreds that, you know, build our team around, you know what I mean? Like, we have, not, not Marcus Bain? Yeah, not, not we're, we're, okay. We got Marcus Smart, not Marcus Bain. So okay, cool, cool, cool. Big Al. You know what oh, I mean? Mark Blount? What about Mark Blount? I mean, hey, I can't even be mad at Big Al. Big Al and Perk, you know, it's crazy. Perk had more staying power than a lot of people on the on that ridiculous. Like, Perk's still a figure in media. Shout out to Perk for still being consistent and giving hot takes. And, yeah, shout out to Perk. Yeah. He's a good podcaster. Listen, Perk is, Perk is the truth. Uh, Big Al, I mean, he was what he was. He was Big Al. Like, <laughs> I, I won't surprise if... That just jogs people's memory. Like, oh yeah, Al Jefferson, he did play. Like, I mean, who's really who's looking up Big Al stats right now? Big Al cost some big checks. Can't even be mad. But let's sure talk did. about let's talk about our, our draft tonight. Um, we had, you know, it's not a deep draft, so we had three picks. But what does three picks mean in the draft where anything after five has low value? So just. We were both puzzled with the number 14 pick, but just give your, your hot takes from the draft. Panel. I mean, this was, and I think everybody who's a Celtics fan will agree, this is like the worst-case scenario with treasure chest, quote-unquote, of assets that James had. Like, clearly, the Kyrie thing, we already know that. Um, we were trying to flip this to be Anthony Davis. Obviously, that's not happening, and we're not going to get anybody else. With and then, like, you know, all the, despite all the rumors on Twitter and everything, we can't even flip that to move up in the draft. These are, like, they're, you know, you're going to hope that, you know, Langford can turn into something. Um, and he very well, he very well, he was highly touted out of high school. And, you know, despite not being the greatest outside shooter, he did have a pretty good uh, freshman year at Indiana. Oh, I think honestly, honestly, we're pretty lucky, man. Man, this draft, I'm sorry. I might, I might have to, to after every pick that you announce, I might have to put the Snoop Dogg, who? Who? After every single player. <laughs> because nobody is going to be relevant in a year. I might have to do that. I'm currently trying to talk myself in right now. <laughs> I, I clearly hear you. I mean, this is, I mean, okay, let's, let's be real. Before we hopped on the pod, I saw you tweeting. And I was like, bruh, you're bringing so much negativity to the pod already, man. Just, 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 because, all right. just, just let it out on behalf of Celtics Nation. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, yeah, let, let me be all the way real with you. Whatever. Romeo Langford. Who? 
he could he could be like, oh shoot, he could be the wing version of Terry Rozier, how he's like a late lottery, then he just like blossomed into something decent. But like the the main problem that I had with the whole uh, one moment, one Gainey, moment. There's some live draft stuff happening now with number thirty from the seventy sixes. I'm missing exactly what the flip is, but whoever it is that number, I believe, uh, Carson Edwards. Who? So we we picked up Carson Edwards from Purdue with the trade with Philly for number 30. So that's, that means we drafted a shooting guard, a point guard, and a undersized power forward who I actually kind of like, but he's giving me very Leon Poe vibes. Great. Okay, we're we're back. Barry teams right around the <laughs> like my problem with this, that right there is the guy type of guys that all you know guys who be serviceable in the league could not be. We don't know that, but it's like this um, accumulation of these assets, these picks. Like this would be great if this was the New England Patriots. Because football, you want to gain as many picks as possible because you're trying to fill out a roster and you're better off having a bunch of picks, a bunch of mid-level picks so you can get a bunch of okay to really good to probably good players to fill out your roster and have a solid team versus like one or two really great players but then the rest of your team is garbage. So like that would be great in football but in basketball it doesn't work like that. You're either going to get top level picks or the rest of the guys are just going to be serviceable role players. And right now, where the Celtics are, we need that kind of top-level pick or A1 talent. And we currently, we, we lost that in Kyrie, and we have a notoriously horrible record of bringing on free agents. Like, nobody signs here. Like, let's pause that. We'll get into free agency in a second. I just want to... Pick apart the fact that your key, this is scaring me. We're talking about Banner 18, top of the East. That, this is what we were talking about last summer. And this summer, our roster is serviceable. Like, how sobering is that? Let's just, let's just take a second to, to, to think about this descent that we're having from like, oh, they're going to run the East to service. It's like super sobering. Oh, you said that's like, <laughs> that's a very soft way of putting it. We are in the nosedive. <laughs> we want to be all the way real. We're, I see the tree line as this plane plummeting down. At the most, what we're counting on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to make the jump. And it'll probably be easier now because like, hey, you guys have the green light now. And that's probably something that definitely Jason Tatum is going to relish because he can take all the bad shots, and nobody's going to say anything. <laughs> and then Jalen Brown would just be happy to be back in the starting lineup, not a forgotten a forgotten asset. Um, but you know, service is the best way you can describe this team going forward. Like, our best hope is to be a fringe playoff team. Like, so let's, let's recap real, real quick, real quick. So where are we right now? So our top selection at number 14, right? We went with the shooting guard. At number 22, we took Grant Williams. And then now we've gotten a, a point guard. So most people were predicting that we would go and just kind of replace bodies because we're going to lose a lot of bodies, right? Like, I mm-hmm. guess that was the attitude. Romeo Langford, like, looks like he could be a player, yeah. But, like, w- what do you think is, is happening? Is, is this like a, a sign that we're losing T. Rose as well? We're not signing him? Like, like what is Danny preparing for? Like, what, what? I just, I'm just, I'm so at a loss, man. I'm, I can't believe we made all these picks. I'm, I'm still like wrapping my mind. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think that that is a good sign that we we don't pick up Rozier or like 
So somebody's going to offer him. And so he can definitely match, and we have the money so, but I guess it all Because he's a restricted free agent. Yeah, but it's like, I think Ainge is hedging his best once again. It's like, um, if it if the offer that we're trying to match is too much, he might just let him walk. And at that point, that's like, all right, well, we have a backup, but then we still need a real starting point guard. I guess we have Marcus Smart, but I thoroughly enjoyed Marcus playing in that sort of off event, like, slash pseudo-starter, off-ball type of guard. Like, I like that. Granted that, um, because, you know, you don't have Kyrie in the lineup anymore, but, like, I, I want, I don't really want Marcus as my number one ball handler, um, floor general who's initiating my offense. I kind of like him to do all the other gritty glue stuff that he's so good at that he earns his contract of. Um, I'm not, I'm not thrilled with the idea of Marcus Smart being my number one starting point. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not. And the fact that we don't really have a clear plan right now, um, yeah. So let's talk uh, about our city. our wish list, because really what inspired this to be a podcast was the fact that, you know, we've been doing our posts for several years, but, like, I think all year we're like, man, on this roller coaster ride of shit, we have to hop on and, and, and just write something to, to kind of catch up with what was going on. But there was a new story, like, every single week because of all of the dysfunction, right? So yeah, we, we were talking a lot about a lot of trade scenarios. I was really high on making a Mike Conley deal. He ultimately went to the Jazz. Um, we both agreed that Al Horford was essential to whatever we were doing moving forward, and we see that the two sides are far apart in a deal, and most likely Horford is going elsewhere. Um, we can. It's not even fun to predict elsewhere, honestly. It's like looking at your ex from far away or something. Um, or or <laughs> looking at your ex on Instagram stories and just like, I don't know, man. Trying yeah, to look and see what she's doing. Something like collectively, like we gotta unfollow Horford, like metaphorically speaking, just to like let that pain go. <laughs> like honestly, Kyrie, we can't like, be mad at Horford. We can't. No, we can't. No, no, no. We're, I mean, I'm not saying that like Horford is the person you unfollow, but like you like you wish them well, like you want nothing but the best <laughs> of them, even though it hurts. Like Kyrie, you block them and you talk <laughs> trash about him. That's the type of ex Kyrie. That's that oh, that person type of ex. Kyrie, we're like, Kyrie, we're just like, all right, go to the Nets and and ruin that dude's life. You're going to key up the car and and, and burn all the clothes and he's like, shit. Exactly. I'm just like, have fun, you know. And and the craziest part about all this, you know, I'm in the NYC region and, you know, I know a lot of Knicks fans and people talk greasy, but what's crazy is my Knicks fans' friends, I got to give a shout out to the homie Marv Barksdale. I'm going to pull a quote that he said. Um, shouts to him, shouts to homie Patrick Ang as well. A lot of Knicks fans that, uh, talk greedy too. Uh, but the homie Mar Barksdale saying, uh, born and raised Brooklynite, quote, your team is falling apart fam, all those picks, no stars, no moves, losing the big Dominican, it's not looking good. And I thought that was particularly sobering coming from a Knicks fan, but I find it hilarious that Nets fans are coming out of the woodwork to, you know, kind of piss on our graves a little bit. I mean, I guess because, you know, we quote-unquote fleece them, but I really think that we have to kind of re-examine the whole Mets trade. Like, we we can go into that a little later, but I work walking distance from Barclays Center. I actually sometimes walk to work from Barclays Center, and they have a picture of Jared Allen up, right? Like, there's no, there's no real audience in Brooklyn. Like, people go to Brooklyn for the other team. So, for the Nets to pretend like they're going to build some type of dynasty situation with Kyrie when Kyrie clearly showed this year that he's a number two guy. 
So unless they're trying to do Kyrie and he's going to ruin kind of what they've had for the young guys, or they're going to do Kyrie and just redshirt Durant, I, I really don't know what Nets are, are talking about. Yeah, I don't know. And speaking on Kyrie quickly, um, did you see? Yeah, we're still talking about our ex. You're right, you're right. right. But, but he's, uh, the ex is wild and right. He definitely, there's a thing on Twitter, I think he called it to the, uh, was it the Bertrand and Rich show or some, one of those, uh, morning drive talk show, um, in Boston. And, uh, it's believed that Kyrie called in as a fake name and, like, basically it was just like, well, you, the fans didn't treat Kyrie right, so now, uh, this is why he left and you're left with what you got. And it's like, I listened to it like eight times and it's, I'm 94% sure that that was Kyrie. And if he's oh doing, my gosh. If he's doing <laughs> burner, burner accounts, but the radio. <laughs> burner like, phone calls. Oh yeah, Bernard's phone calls, him and Durant are... So, <laughs> speaking of, of, of pettiness, uh, shout out to Jalen Brown, S-C-H-W-P-O on Instagram, saying, would rather walk than ride with bad company. I feel that. I saw that. 1,000. Yeah. I, I feel that. I'm not even mad at Jalen Brown. I, he definitely will never be unfollowed, because he's the man. Um... I, I, yeah, I can't even be mad at Jalen Brown, man. Look, like, I actually, I'm excited. Whoop, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I'm excited for the just to watch him and, and Tatum blossom to JT into that one-two punch. Like, I'm excited about that. The, That's the future of our team. That's the future of our yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited about that. Like, give us a couple young, give us a couple years. That's going to be dangerous, but... I'm not currently excited given where we were supposed to. I'm not excited at all about next year in particular outside of watching. Like, let's just I stay on. Be- let's just stay on Brown and Tatum for. I actually have, I believe, it was improper Bostonian last year in the fall. They did a piece on the JT. I was thinking about framing that. I'm definitely framing that along with the Paul Pierce jersey in my home. You know, it's a house where we respect Paul Pierce. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I remember going with, we went to the Toronto game where Matt Kyrie was injured. So Tatum actually led the game against Toronto at the time where it was the DeRozan version, not the Trojans. I'm talking about last year, but that's when Tatum was really in his ascent and, and Brown was starting to show signs. And I sat there, my friend is a, as a Golden State Warriors fan, I was saying Tatum's going to be a perennial all-star. You can just see how he's so smooth with the ball. You see him live in person. He just he's just a smooth player. And then Brown, just the, his defensive tenacity, the way his shooting has improved, his motor, his athleticism. I made a bet with my friend there. I was like, hey, Jason Tatum is going to be a perennial all-star, and I bet Jalen Brown mm-hmm. makes multiple all-star teams. I just yeah. I, I, I don't see a future where they're not elite, you know, forward and, and guards in the league. Like I just they, they've shown too many signs to really fall back to a point where they're not going to be all-star. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and um, like, yeah, like yeah, like I'm, I'm fully took a back. I mean, Jalen Brown obviously took a back. He was fighting with the fit of the fourth kind of fit of Hayward, um, which is unfortunate for Hayward because I think he's healthy and this goes right. You know, we're we're having some different problems, but Brown obviously took that back. Tatum kind of developed some bad habits, but then it's like, you know, he went from being the undisputed second option when Kyrie was was um, on the team last year, uh, not this past year, the first Kyrie, he went from kind of growing into that undisputed, like, secondary scoring option, to then that was assumed what he was going to be, but now we have so many guys who touch the rock, 
you know, Terry's trying to get his offers. You got Hayward who's forced back in, like, so then now he is mode like, yeah, he should be taking so many long things, but also I kind of felt like the mentality was, if I don't get this shot off, I'm not going to get Shout out to Kobe. Shot. Shout he's been watching a lot of, uh, what is it? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's been watching a lot of details with Kobe and, and, and personally trading with him. That's honestly, you know, people are really pissing on their grades because they hate that Boston has been so dominant. Since we were really like teenagers, since we were like 11 years old, we've had more championships than most cities will ever have in their lifetime. So that's why people hate Boston sports because we win. Every single one of our major sports teams have won. Everybody but the Revs because the Revs are pathetic. But, you know, <laughs> people are really out there shitting on the Celtics and, 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 and I'm, I laugh at the Tatum memes. I'm not going to lie. The, the Tatum and Kobe memes are pretty hilarious, but everything else I'm like, ah, man, you, you guys. Again, Tatum, he picked up bad habits, but they're not humble. And I also, because the team A was trying, was pressing so hard to correct, like, the early mess mistakes and, and the early start, I think it was a combination of that. It was a combination of he doesn't, like, his mentality of, I gotta get my shot. It's not, like, it's gonna get sucked into that Kyrie's action. Um, I, I think that it, it was just a whole bunch of things, but next year, he's gonna have the green light, and I think he'll have more room to operate with, because he's not gonna be kind of relegated to kind of a catch-and-shoot guy off of a Kyrie drive and dish, you know what I mean? I don't know. That's not, that's my I, I totally hear you. I totally hear you. I mean, the entire offense was predicated around Kyrie having the ball for too long, everybody kind of watching, right? So, that's why I'm not a big fan of people saying, oh, well, you know, you can go and go out and get D'Lo or other guys. I would rather re-up Terry Rozier for probably similar to Marcus Smart money. Let him run the offense because he's shown that he can run the offense. There's other crazy trade rumors about Chris Dunn types. Like, Terry Rozier, he, in that 2008, excuse me, 2018 playoffs, he went and crushed the Bucks single-handedly in every home game. So I know Terry Rozier can rise to the occasion. Our system shows in a brass season system that point guards with high usage do particularly well, right, running up and down the floor. I'm confident that Terry knows how to run the offense and with the opportunity to lead and not have to be, what, third string guard behind Smart, Kyrie, and, and Hayward, honestly, and Horford brought the ball up a lot of the time. So T. Rose was just really a spot-up shooter and wasn't particularly great at that. But with the ball in his hands, I'm pretty sure that he can – Lead it. Um, there's some other ridiculous trades out there. Like there is a uh, super ridiculous. I, I I mean I didn't see any. I didn't see the source anywhere. But one of those like meme accounts or or ridiculous accounts was talking about a three team deal. CP3 Hayward and Wiggins. Hayward to the Wolves. Wiggins to the Rockets. And CP3 in Boston. I was disgusted. I do not want Chris Paul, especially with Al Horford gone. If Al Horford really is gone, and I cannot. Blame him for that, and I'm very happy for the time he spent in Boston, the leadership he showed, the way that he owned Joel Embiid in the playoffs. So that's going to be scary. No Joel Embiid stopper come playoff time. The way that he brought the ball up, the way he controlled the pace, that pop-out game he had with Kyrie from three, and also his defense. We're, there's so many things we're going to miss about Horford that makes him honestly pretty irreplaceable. Um, but... Yeah, I, I, I want to give a shout out to, to Merengue. I used to live on, uh, Julian Street. Shout out to, uh, the 62J. Yeah, that, <laughs> Merengue should have done a deal where they, he gets free platanos for life or something. I'm just like, <laughs> how do we let Al Horford go, man? I'm so like, I'm, 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 I'm actually, I would, 
Kyrie we knew, right? Like, we knew Kyrie was gone. Um, talk to me July 1, two max slots, conversation with Kadia also weekends. This is not a surprise. And, and really, a lot of people were ready to drive Kyrie to the airport anyway. Cool. You, you know, we, we were like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll take you to Logan. It's cool. But Horford, I was, I, frankly, I was shocked. You know, like, the back end of whatever deal he signs, he's really not going to be worth whatever money he's getting. We had him at a max deal, and, you know, people wanted to say average Al. I will never really slander what he did for us because he did so much. But uh, he I really, single. yeah, I, we were we were definitely pro Al Horford, Al Horford highs over here, and, and all of our uh, priests proved that. But it's just that, like, I don't know how we replace that value. So maybe we should transition into who we're going to potentially sign. Right? I, I'm a big believer in, in Vucevic. He's available. Julius Randle is also available. I believe they're both unrestricted free agents. Um, that's yeah, why I was I'll, I'll, particularly surprised that we, we didn't even go after a big. It's just like, why, how, how are we drafting more guards? So, so go ahead and give your wish list for bigs or like what you think we're going to do moving forward. This yeah, I mean, and, I, and that just might be the move. I think that that might have something to do with, uh, getting rid of Baines in the trade, just trying to clear up cap room and make a real run at these bigs. Like, I like Vucevic. I really like Randall, and I think that he would fit in well. He gives us that kind of that, that grinding grit that we're, that we're going to miss from, uh, I know he's not your boy, but I personally like um, Morris just for that fact that he's a tough guy. We had a lot of temper news on our team. We need, we need a clutch sport in this. Clutch sports client. Yeah, so if they renounce Baines, which is almost going to happen or so we're trying to move Baines because if we clear Baines off of our cap it opens up 34 million in space according to Chris Ford's Chris Forsberg fellow Husky of um NBC Boston yeah so oh we 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 moved him we moved Baines oh he's officially moved so yeah, we sent so him Baines is moved okay so Baines is gone so we literally have no big so literally time lord aka well, Robert Williams, a.k.a. Time Lord, Time Lord in Boston, is our center, who's a rim-rolling big, which we always wanted. And we've, we've gone to games together. I remember we went to uh this game together and we at MSG. We talked about the desire for a rim-rolling big, and how Nerland's Noel would be perfect for this team. He's from Everett, Mass. Like, Robert Williams technically is that guy, but you don't want him being your starting center. No, I just, I not yet. I don't see how a core of Jalen Brown... Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, I guess Hayward at the floor, which doesn't even make sense, and Robert Williams. Like, that's, that's what, 35 wins? Is, is that even an eighth seed in, in the East? That's barely an eighth. 35 wins might get you the eighth, but that's about it. Like, it's just like, how, how are we going to defend Joel Embiid? Who puts the body on, even, even Siakam? I mean, shout out to the championship Raptors, right? We don't know what they're going to look like. Kawhi. Was seen buying boxes. Man, that big free agency landscape is crazy. People saw him buying boxes in Toronto and, and say that he's gone to the Clippers. But, um, yeah, just Embiid. There's so many quality bigs in the East. Even, I'll be honest, how are we going to beat the Pistons with this team? We, 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 we can't even look at the top tier team in the East. How are we going to match up against the Pistons? That's where we are, Christian. It's like we, we went from, from being, <laughs> The top of the East, East, yeah. You know, a top of the East contending team, <laughs> the Green Pistons. <laughs> That's what oh we are. God. I mean, it's not Banner 18 to 18 wins, which would be the 2007, which I watched, you know, I would watch 
that season, I'm not going to lie, it was exciting until Tony Allen went down and, and tore his ACL on a meanless dunk. That's some um, deep dive Celtics knowledge for my real fans out there. But that team, mm. they would go down like 25, and then I would just throw on like 2K, I guess like 6 at that time. One of the ones Shaq on the cover. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, it was just like, I don't, we're not going back there. So nothing can be as dark as those, like, Tatum and Brown are No, we're not. They're scrappy. This really might be the energy of maybe the 2015-2016 season where we snuck in and we had the GG to Tomei type dudes and Kelly Olynyk and I, that might have been the first Isaiah year, right? Yeah, that was where we did the midseason trade for Isaiah. Um, mm-hmm. And that was the year that we convinced Al Horford when we played them in the playoffs. We lost to the Hawks in this round to come to Boston afterwards. So things really yep. shaped up when we got Al Horford. But, you know, Brad Stevens with young players, talent. Ultimately, I know we're kind of done harping on this season, but a lot of blame has to go to Brad with the way he managed the lineups. Like, of course, we had log jams, and, and, and Danny could have alleviated that with some trades, but I was super disappointed with the way that Brad wasn't able to motivate guys. So maybe with a youth movement, you know, he'll be able to get guys to exceed, you know, what people expected them. Like Jalen Brown, even his first year, was a contributor off the bench in that Chicago series. Absolutely. Or did he start? I'm blanking. Did he, he was a six-man, right? No, Gerald Green, Gerald Green was inserted. Yeah. It was, it was, oh yeah, cause we had AB at that time. So J, JB was, was really good in that series. J, like Jalen Brown has had legit playoff flashes and moments and it's a lot of, a lot of takes out there and criticism about how we refused to put Jalen Brown on the table to get Kawhi and hindsight's 20 to me, right? Like, of course nobody knew how Kawhi was performing this year after playing nine games. He truly was hurt. You know, most people would go back and I, I personally would have wanted Paul George over Kawhi with those Jalen Brown scenarios. Um, just because Kawhi, you know, the injury he had and the way he was kind of unhappy and, and openly saying he wanted to go to L.A. Same thing with, with Paul George. Like, that's the thing. Like, people are shitting on Danny, and I get it, because, you know, he's playing 40 chess for so long, and everyone's happy to see Yoko now, right? He's got, quote-unquote, nothing to show. But is that true? When we have Brown, Tatum, and flexibility, we have a lot of cap room. And also, the method stake, I don't know if it'll convey next year because it's top six protected and, you know, they just drafted John Morant and they might not be very good. But in 2021, that pick is unprotected. Like, yeah. that's a true, true asset. So, if we, you know, tread water, maybe sign a free agent or two, we can be competitive. We'll be a playoff team, but we definitely are not going to be a contender. I don't, do, do you see any scenario without a major shift happening of us even being top four in the East? No, the only way that we were top four is um, wildly exceed expectations and then all the other teams, besides Milwaukee, because I believe that they're relatively the same, if all the other teams come down, like Kawhi dips for the Clippers, um, the Sixers got their own problems outside of it, and uh, Simmons, well, like, you know, Tobias Harris, and Bucket, he's gone. But maybe the other teams come down, and then that would give leeway and wildly. But I think we're a French playoff team right now. As as, as over dramatic as I was to start this podcast, I'm okay with the build up. Like I'm not happy to watch the team go from a should have been 50 plus this year, have them under 10. Now we're we're hoping we can make 40 wins next year. But I'm okay with the process as long as that's what we do, and we can just really organically build up. Like 
you know, before the Warriors got uh, Durant, they built up organically, and then it was Splash Brothers, and they made the they made two championships without Durant. They were a 73 win team without Durant, and the, all those pieces were already built. Like we could do that, we just have a little patience, like stop trying to like. I feel like ever since oh, that summer of 07, we we are expecting Danny, and Danny might be kind of expecting himself to like mm. make this crazy like a mind blowing blockbuster trade, and that's kind of like oh that's that's not out there every day. I don't want to say it's a once in a lifetime thing because that's that's a little over the top, but like. Not every day do you, you know, you package up young assets and draft it and then, you know, land a future Hall of Fame. Never mind uh, two of them. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I mean, that, what, just, I get it. Is. I get it. You just want to get on base. You know, we can't swing for the fences every single time. And, and, and for real, though, like, it kind of gets lost, you know, because Danny did make so many swaps. But the only way that we, like, if you look at the build-up to getting Kyrie, it was a lot of small trades. Starting with Rondo, uh, to get Jay Crowder, the Isaiah Thomas trade was just really facilitating um, cap clearance for LeBron to go back to Cleveland. And we took, like, Tyler Zeller and, and like, random pieces. We basically, like, threw together so many random assets. I think at one point, one of the... Uh, Recaps that we did, we had like crazy, almost 30 players on the team. There was one year it was just a revolving door. So we, uh, the way that we got competitive was a lot of singles and then some luck, right? We ended up getting the number one pick, which was Markel Fultz, and we traded down to get Tatum. Um, so yeah, a lot of the progress happened with smaller deals and, and not for the fences. So if we kind of shift our mindset to doing that, it's cool. But with all that said, <laughs> I still want to swing for the fences for one deal, and it's funny that you bring up the uh, uh, the Warriors because I have a buddy that's a Warriors fan, and I was like, man, you know, well, what if we got Bradley Beal? Because Bradley Beal is tight with Jason Tatum, and they used to drive the school together, and, you know, all we would have to give up is Brown and other assets. He's not happy in Washington anyway, and then my buddy was just like, yeah, you know, I remember when I would do that too. It's just like we all are kind of wishing for that swing for the fence moment because, like, the slow grind, particularly in Boston, is not appealing because we know that we don't hang division banners in Boston. You go to the Garden and it's all champions and retired numbers. There's no division champions. Don't believe in that shit. Banner 18 or bust. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Bradley Beal. Um, what I am is what do we do with Hayward? Because, like, it's assumed that he's going to come back healthier and better, right? But then he still... He's looking strong on Instagram. He's looking strong. Shout out to the social media team. <laughs> but even still, like, we still run into the same problem that we had at the beginning of the year. We have a logjam of wings. There's two positions that can really start and get those... Like, somebody's going to be unhappy. And I, honestly, would rather have us have our two young guys get in those minutes than Hayward. I totally agree. I mean, Hayward still has some value. Um, Hayward, wow. We're getting to the age where players on our team are younger than us. Hayward is not even that old, man. I believe he's 29. Like, what, I'm right now. Yeah, it's just like people are saying Hayward like he's completely washed. He had a devastating injury. It took two years for Paul George to really go back. So Hayward just turned 29. You know, me and Gordon Hayward are the same age. Like, he, except that he has elite medical staff and his job is to play basketball like people are acting like he's completely washed and they're done that's completely untrue like I could see him coming oh, back no. and rounding himself into all-star shape again this upcoming year but he had a devastating injury clearly mentally you know I mean 
the man saw his leg snap in half, right? And he came back a year later. Like, that's, it's just, like, how do you not have some form of, of PTSD after that, right? Like, let's be real. So, Hayward will come back. He will be valuable. And I completely agree that because ultimately Tatum has a higher ceiling than, than Hayward. I guess at this point, with, like, Hayward kind of being a shell of himself, Tatum is a better player at this moment. I don't, I don't know. It's debatable. But if Hayward rounds himself back into shape, well, what's your bet? Uh, you bet that Hayward uh, goes in, like, during the All-Star break? Do we move him in the summer? Uh, there's definitely some interest for Hayward around the league still. Like, what's your Hayward prediction for this? I don't know. It's just, like, could run with that. For my, but I always would rather have, like, a more balanced roster. But we could totally have, like, a version of the lineup that we tried to run with this year before, like, shit just got out of whack. Like, the fake Golden State have, death lineup, you mean? Exactly, yeah. So we have all three of them starting at the same time up for the big and hope for the best. And I honestly do believe that, one, Hayward's going to come back stronger and healthier. With a, he's not going to be taking this summer to rehab his body. He's going to be rehabbing his game. So I think he'll be fine there. And then, two, there won't be the pressures of, you know, the whole trying to fit in thing or the Kyrie. Like, all right, let's just go out and play ball and see what happens. I think, like, that kind of thing, is, I don't want to say mental makeup, but, like, his personality doesn't seem like somebody who's, like, really going to try and clash with play. Um, so, like, I, I think that he'll, if he, if he gives us 17 points a game or anybody that, that's a good feat considering what this past garbage So, like, I think he can very much do that. It's just, like, how's the fit? We're going to wing scorers. It's no rebounding, no real big. It'd be weird. I don't know. I, I so, from perspective... Hayward has scored since 2013-2014. He's averaged over 16 points a game. Right before we signed him in Utah, uh, he averaged 21.9 points in the 16-17 uh, season as All-Star season with great percentages from the line. Yeah, I definitely see him getting to the line way more than he did. He also was fairly durable before this injury. Um, I, I see him being valuable again. Being able to, I guess maybe be an all-star in the East depends on who shifts out. Um, but he, my wish list is he's gone and he's replaced. But I just, at this point, I really, really was hoping for that Conley trade. When Houston was talking about shaking things up, I'm like, will we do Hayward for Capella? But now that doesn't even make sense anymore. Like, we really need to re-sign Rozier, who's on the fence. And, and rightfully so, you can't even blame him for being on the fence, given that he was so buried. He, I think he said he was in the trunk of the car and not in the driver's seat. Uh, shout out to Terry yeah. Rozier and his post-game quote game. Pretty pretty epic, scary Terry. Terry, we need you yeah. back, bro. We need yeah, you back. we really do. Like, like if if we need Terry back on a, on a team-friendly deal, we need... Vooch. So let's say, if we if we ran Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Vucevic, and Robert Williams, I wouldn't be like that. We would be an eighth, seventh, and maybe we build from there. And like you said, we we do we hit we hit the double, right? We don't go for the the home run right now, and then steadily build. But Hayward and and Hayward needs to be gone. Tatum and Brown really need to take that leap, and that's what Danny is betting on by not moving them. Would you have moved Tatum for the in the AD deal? Like, are you happy that we kept Tatum and we're building around Tatum? Oh, that's 100%. 100%. I never want to give up Tatum to begin with um, for really anything. And then especially if if, if 
it's notably clear that he doesn't even want to be here, and he's going to leave as soon as, at the first opportunity, AD I'm talking about. There's no sense in, in giving away our best, or now our best. There's no, there's no sense. And let's be so real, before him, the before the beginning of the season, there was that debate. Who's a better player coming off of the Eastern Conference Finals berth for our team? It Tatum dugging on LeBron. People were really, really high on Tatum going into the year, and there was a legit debate I was seeing on Twitter. Hey, who's better, Kyrie or Tatum? Like, it, it seriously was a debate. Like, Tatum has potential that he hasn't even tapped into. That's who we're throwing the keys to the cards to, and I'm not mad. I'm really not. I'm, I'm, I'm a little sad about Horford. I'll, I'll be real, just because I really think we could have kind of ran it back with that 27-2018 team and, and got into the King Conference Finals with T. Rose and Horford and, you know, a rim-running center. But, yeah, I, I guess I'm at peace. The future of the Celtics is we're hitting doubles, not home runs. Doesn't gotta be. Play, you know, nine innings of doubles, you still score runs. Okay, but let's, let's, uh, let's, let's end on Danny Ainge, because Danny Ainge slander is, is super popular right now. So Dr. Strange saw the future 14,605 times. How many of them led to Banner 18? Like, that's, like, people were, <laughs> people were just roasting Danny Ainge. So many times, like every time he didn't make a deal, he cashed in his chips with Kyrie Irving or, or a couple of his chips. But clearly, like he wanted AD, he's wanted AD the entire time. Kyrie might have been a ploy to get AD. We were talking about trading for AD when we couldn't even because Kyrie needed to sign a new deal. Like the Rose Rule wouldn't have let both of them be on the same team. It's just like he was openly lusting and leaving you know, thirsty comments for AD for so long, right? Like, like everybody knew he was trying to get AD. And, like, I, I can't even defend him, to be honest. Like, I know earlier I was talking about, you know, I'm glad he didn't make certain deals, but, like, he really does look foolish because, like, he made it so apparent that we were trying to get AD so long. And, and I get why, like, in this roast culture we have, particularly on NBA Twitter and, you know, online, you know, people are so quick to 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 make fun of Danny Ainge. But what are your thoughts on Ainge and like what what did this era lead to? And lastly, like was the Nets pick was the Nets trade like who won the Nets? Um, my thing with Danny. First of all, I think that this is this is probably the most um important uh not only off season but coming like regular season that that will that for Danny Ainge because it kind of is. I don't want to say he's going to define his career. He's won a ring. He's had us, you know, be a contender. He's clearly done a bunch of things. But the rebound from this, like, you don't want, like, you know, this kind of disintegration. You don't want this to hang over the Celtics team for the next, like, five years or whatever. It's like, oh, now it's, like, the toxic energy. You just want this to be a fluke, and then you want to be able, like, if we can rebound from this, say if we exceed expectations, and just say make make the playoffs, like we're a friends team or whatever, we show, hey, like, it really was Kyrie, or it was just a certain mix and match of things. It was the bringing back Hayward that didn't work. But, hey, this is still a great or- run organization. Brad Stevens is still a great coach, and we still have our young guys, and they're flowing, and everything's good. That's what, and, and we show that, hey, we're still an attractive. Then we're cool, but if things still go south or, like, things look bad, then, like, I think we're, everybody's going to really have to take a, a good long mm-hmm. look at Danny Ainge and be like, yo, dog, like, what are you actually doing? Like, was the 2007 thing, was that like a fluke? 
uh, with, you know, as far as like, hey, you kind of got gifted Kevin Garnett. Was the next thing you just taking advantage of? Yeah, the boy paid the care. Yeah. He got hooked up by his boy, and then with the next trade, you just take advantage of a very, a very green owner and poor ownership with the Nets at the time, like, or poor GM, um, basketball operation. You know, so it's, I don't want his, his legacy to be questioned, but I think what happens now, um, how he rebounds will kind of sort of define this last chapter of his career as a, as a head of basketball operations, uh, president. But, um, I'll just add two things. I'll add two, because, Two things that are underrated that you also didn't mention we kind of gloss over. Hiring Brad Stevens, period, was a really, really, really risky move when college courses, college courses, college coaches were not in vogue anymore. You know, like we had, we had, shout out to Rick Pitino, right? In, in, in the late 90s, right? That was one of the last big college coaches to get the call up to the league. Like Brad Stevens was super young when he came in. Like, that is a huge moment as well. The Kyrie trade, I don't care how it ends, you know, Kyrie's gone, but that's a great trade regardless. Like, IT, you know, that's our boy, always, always got love for IT. Right. Nine times out of, ten times out of ten, eleven times out of ten, you make that trade when IT's not healthy enough to go anymore and, you know, you just help himself. I'm sorry. Um, hashtag that slow grind. But also, trading for mm-hmm. Tatum was great as well. Trading down from number one to number three, he's made a ton of great moves. So to shit on him for not making trades and, you know, maybe other teams, they knew we had the treasure chest, so they were looking to make sure we crack it open and give them some assets. I have been left with feeling this draft night over and over again where, you know, guys are available and then you see, like, shitty trades being made. It happens with, with Porzingis, it happened with Paul George, it happened repeatedly, even Jimmy Butler, who I didn't want, to be clear. Let's, let's put that on record. No JB in Boston. But a lot of times, man, we will have a package, and then, like, I don't know, this is all, like, something gets leaked afterwards, but they end up making, a like, a shit trade as opposed to, like, what we could offer because everybody wanted, to ta- you know, Brown or Tatum in the deals. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. I just think that, you know, again, it's gonna come down to, you know, just really just how, how the team rebounds and comes back from, from where we're at right now. Um, it's a weird, it's a weird position that we're in because, like, I personally am excited about these guys grow, especially if we can bring Rozier back and just kinda, if we can run that, that, the, that core movement, run that back. Now, obviously, we're not going to be anywhere near where we were when we took LeBron to seven because we don't have Al Horford. In. We need Al Horford to even be in that kind of mix, that conversation. But um, kind of like what the Pelicans are doing now, like you're starting with a a, a group of just young guys. Granted, they have Zion Wood, so like there's an asterisk there. But like you know, we have a Jason Tatum. You know what I mean? Like we have Jalen Brown. We have other pieces. Marcus Smart still very young, like, and, and he's not a scorer or anything like that, but he's a good guy. Every team in the league wants him. Um, let's build from the floor up, be what we can, what we can build. We were trying to, I feel like for many years we were trying to have the house before building the foundation. So let's have the foundation and let's build up brick and brick by there. And who knows, in, in three years we could be very much back at the top. Especially if those those two guys develop, and then we um, then we can start adding pieces around them. You know, let's see where we are in you know 
2021 when that Memphis pick is actually worth 2022 after that when we can actually do something with that pick. You know what I mean? Whether it's trade for a guy or, or draft the next Zion Williams. You know what I mean? Like, um, the future is, is still very bright. It's just that light at the end of the tunnel is a little further away. So I think, you know, everybody, you can throw dirt on Danny right now, but you're only throwing it on his shoes. You're not throwing his grave. Well, well the Celtics will be back. It's just, um, it's just next year's not a matter of time. Yeah, it's not going to be Banner 18. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's just the path to Banner 18 is definitely a lot more murky, like you said, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. Like, if, if, I don't know, I'll give me Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown over like half, actually more than half. There's only a few other situations on other teams that I would take over that. I mean, like, the Raptors just won the championship and they're not sure Kawhi is going to stay, right? Let's be real. Like, the new NBA is so volatile. So if you have guys on rookie deals or young guys about to go into the second contract, you kind of control their destiny. Like, that's the best thing to do because these guys who are, like, in our age, in their late 20s, whatever, early 30s, the KDs, the Kyrie, NBA free agency is so unpredictable now. These guys are just steam hopping, right? So if you can get these talented rookies and lock them down, like you said, New Orleans, they're in a really great position. You can't. They, David Griffin, he's already GM of the year. He he got so many assets for Anthony David. I mean Anthony Davis and so many young players. Like when you have a transcendent young guy, which Tatum is that transcendent young guy, I would take I would take Tatum over I think any other young guy in the league. I'm I'm just being real here. Maybe maybe yeah. maybe that's like the green flowing through my veins. But I just everybody you can't even be mad at at, at Danny for not trading for AD in that situation because. I think Tatum's got it, and this year he's going to show it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to draft Tatum in fantasy because he's, he's going to get buckets. I, I think so too. I think, I think he'll definitely average at least. I think so. Of course. I think he's he just needs to get to the line, man. He just needs to get to the line. He needs to get stronger and be a better finisher. But he's young, man. I think he's what barely 21. But isn't that the joke that he can't have a drink yet or, or whatever it is? Like, yeah. People always talk about how young he is. Like he, he, he is a young dude. He's, he's putting on muscle. He'll get better at finishing through contact. You gotta take, you know, a couple steps back and stop taking long twos. But, I mean, really, like, the Paul Pierce comparison with Tatum, it's, it's kind of funny to bring it back full circle. We were joking about, like, 04, 05, but really it's like those pitties, man. And I love, that's when I fell in love with watching those Paul Pierce teams where he would just get buckets, the truth, you know, spin down in the paint, slash, pop out from the free throw line to get those J's. Paul Pierce was getting so many buckets in the paint and dropping, like, 25-plus, man. He was, what, a top five point-per-game score in the league when there was T-Mac and Kobe. So, if that's what Tim's going to be doing and, and wowing us every night and, and doing what he does, I'm not mad, man. It's better than watching a team where there's no good chemistry, where there's bad blood. Honestly, it was like watching a fucking soap opera all, all this year. It was painful to watch this post-game. I, I, I personally in life had a tough year. But I feel like I aged three years following the Celtics, man. Just like, so much dysfunction, bro. God. Yeah. It feels like it, we're ending a toxic relationship, bro. It's like, all right, man, like, it's just, we, 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 we got our team back. It's like, it's, it's a new lease on life. Exactly. So we, like, like we said before, we just got to unfollow and let the healing process begin and we'll be all right. <laughs> we so we're, we're swiping, right. we're swiping right on, on Tatum and Brown? We're swiping right on Tatum and Brown. Okay, Rosier too, hopefully. 
Rosier will swipe right on, but you know, we're, we're not hopping right in the bed with it. They got to. Yeah, Rosier's know, like, Brown. uh. Yeah, Katie Brown's Rozier's, like instant. Rosier's like, uh, we, we gotta message a couple times. We gotta like, check on compatibility. We gotta look at the photos a couple times. But Tatum and Brown is like instant swipe right. Oh, instant swipe right, yeah. Rose, Rosier's, we're hovering around for, we might swipe, like, but uh, we're not really sure if we're gonna message. <laughs> it's like, uh, is, is it that other, Cute one in the picture, uh, you know, all that can do. Yeah. But yeah, Tatum and Brown. It's like, I like your friends, guys. but like, I don't know if I like <laughs> you. No, I don't know. Very NYC, LA, millennial talk right here. Hopping on Bumble <laughs> and, uh, getting it done. Alright, man, um, we're about to make our pick at 51. So, alright, so we're on the clock for number 51. Danny did not select Bull Bull. He went to Denver instead where they have an infirmary ward with uh, Michael Porter Jr. redshirted. I don't want to slander Isaiah, but, you know, Isaiah's hurt and he's there. I don't know what Bobo's going to do in Denver ultimately, but, yes, I'm happy we did not select him. Shout out to Grant yeah, Williams, man. who is like, Grant Williams is like Jared, you make Jared Tellinger look like Kareem. Um, I don't know if Grant Williams oh! is ever going to be a meaningful player in the league. I've heard of him. Uh, this I was pretty disappointed. That. That's, that's great. I've heard of him. There, we went from banner number 18 to I've heard of him. Let's just put that on the record. All right. So, so we're on the clock for number 51, and the Celtics are going with the grab. Sully out of Dorchester. <laughs> Five foot eight point guy who's 36, but he still got it. Ted Ken from Somerville. <laughs> All right. So number 51, we selected. Tremont Waters from LSU. Last time we had an LSU player in Big Baby, many viral video moments happened. Is Tremont Waters yeah. our point guard of the future, Crystal? Uh, no, but he has. He will have a very fun name to say with the Boston accent. So Tremont that Waters will get Waters. Waters. <sighs> it's gonna be funny for all about thirty seconds, and then it's gonna get real. Is, is Tommy gonna like make a joke? Ah, oh, water. Oh, he shot that from Watertown. Is, is, is that is that going to happen? Is he going to get any that's, points? That's or, already the joke. <laughs> or is he just going to be in Maine the entire time? Let's be real. Or, or are we going to see him? In, and maybe I'll go to Vegas for Summer League this year. I'm, I'm hoping to do that. I'll probably see him in Vegas, and that's about it. If you come to Vegas, I'll, let me know. I'll make that drive. Oh, we might have to do a live podcast from Vegas and talk about the rebuilding fees, how great Tremont Waters look. Because every player in Summer League, you know, looks like the GOAT. That's true. <laughs> And then, uh, we see them and not so good. It looks like Lamb Chop. Ah, man. Alright, you have any shout outs? Oh, so, yeah, Jason Tatum owns Summer League. Let's, let's, let's do it. And Jalen Brown elected to come back to the second year because he wanted to train at Summer League, even though he didn't have to. He doesn't have a work ethic we need. JT. JT yeah. all day, every day. You have any yeah, shout outs before we hop off? Yeah, um, uh, my big on shout Instagram out is Black to, <laughs> uh, shout out to Reddit. NBA Reddish, um, or now the defunct NBA Reddish stream, uh, finally got R.I.P. banned as of two days ago. Alright, um, that was the realest site, got me streaming all my games for the past three years since I moved out to LA from Boston. Um, always to count on, on them to catch all my Celtics games. Uh, it's, it's a sad day, it's a sad day for us streamers, but you know what? There's, um, there's other channels out there if you're savvy enough. Um, you know, you'll find it, but alright, Peter, just, NBA Reddish. Just search Twitter, bro, just search Twitter. Shout out to all the homies that 
hold me down with the expense cable Wi-Fi so I can still watch the team that I love. Uh, speaking of Twitter, where can we find you online, Christian? You can find me at the Willikers, like G Willikers, but C Willikers. Uh, that is my Twitter handle. It's silly. I don't have any followers to follow me. I'll tag you. I'll tag you. All right, man. Thanks for hopping on. I'm excited about where we're going in the future, and it was fun doing this podcast. Maybe we'll do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, just make sure you um, take a piss outside of Staples Center during the first game of any day playing. He's a traitor. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's downtown L.A. People piss outside of that. All the time. All the time. You can get some egg flight, you know, and then at Grand Central Market, and then walk like 20 minutes to the stadium and take a piss. <laughs> it's a normal, it'll be a normal Wednesday. Just another day in L.A. All right, man. Peace. All right. Later, brother.